What up, it's Leno the Wave God, and on this week's episode of Do-Rags and Stethoscopes, we're paying our respects to Bill Russell. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes and how he feels about being a black quarterback in the NFL. We're talking back to school and how Lit used to get cheated off of in earth science. We're talking monkeypox on this week's Medical Minute. And this week, what has me seasick doesn't have me sick at all. In addition to Spotify, the Do-Rags and Stethoscopes podcast is now available on Apple Music. Follow us on Instagram for any additional news and updates. And as always, thanks for listening. My vision is the bag in my white coat. Leno got his do rag and lit, got his stethoscopes. Welcome to do rags and stethoscopes. Welcome to do rags and stethoscopes. Wave tsunami when they crash, current strong, it's a rip. If you're not feeling well, I might just have to write a script. Welcome to do Welcome to Do Rags and Stethoscope. People are going to think that that's business as usual. What's up? What's up? Welcome back in to Do Rags and Stethoscopes. As always, I am the Lit MD, kicking it with Leno the Wave God. What up? What up? Shoot. Hey, and as always, you know, we got our production team, Brick and Shock, keeping us together. Say what's up, boys? Uh, All right. So, any updates on life? Anything everybody want to share before we get to rocking? Yeah, definitely want to. I'm gonna give my I'm gonna give my boy a birthday shout out as much as I can. Happy birthday, Bug Daddy. Love you. Happy birthday, Ike Diesel, my little nephew. Hey, did he have a happy birthday? Five, bro. That's a milestone birthday, man. Hey, that is a monster. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get into it a little bit more later in the show, but that, that's what's got me seasick today, just to give you a heads up. But for <laughs> sure, we'll get into sure. that a little bit later. Definitely hit a milestone today. I'm glad you always hit milestones and being prosperous and appreciating just to have a black father be around for five years plus many more to come. Yes, hey, sir. I'm always here for it, bro. Appreciate it. I'm gonna make sure I send little nephew something good. You gotta send me your address again when we get off air. All right. Say less. For sure, man. All right. So before we go any further, we got to make sure that we take time out to thank a legend for all his time, everything that he contributed to the game, the one and only legendary Bill Russell. Let's take a moment, y'all. All right. So in regards to Bill Russell, first off, this man is is so amazing. He leads with a with a common stat, it's not common, it's uncommon what he did, but it's commonly known because of how amazing it was. Uh, Brick, you want to fill us in? Because it seems like you were kind of lacking to have any other stats besides this, but what do you do? <laughs> no, I have a lot of stats, but <laughs> greatest stat about Bill Russell that everybody knows is the 11 championships. It has never been done before in any sport. So 11 championships, shout out to the 11-time All-NBA 11 uh, NBA championship. He was 12-time All-Star, sorry. See, you didn't know the stat. But congrats, you know, and we just want to make sure that we give love to him. He seemed like he was always at every NBA, uh, what was it? He was at the finals games. He would be at the All-Star weekends all the time. He just continued to support the league, and then he was an advocate for everything black. So, you know, I'm all for it any time that you promote our people. But that's the biggest thing that we can continue to do in these days. Leno, what's up with it, though? How you feeling about the legend? Yeah, it's a sad day, man. You know, life comes and goes for everybody, man. It's just one of those things, man. 
I, I don't want to be like it was something, you know, as you people get older. So, you know, it's one of those, like I said, it's just one of those things, man. That's a part of life, man. So I'm just, the legacy that he left behind, you know, being the first African-American head coach, head basketball coach for the Boston Celtics, you know what I mean? Everything that he's done off the court, as far as the um, NAACP, as far as black, right, you know, for people that look like us on here, man. Um, mm-hmm. definitely go, you know, words can't even begin to describe the impact that he had off of the court, you know, that was just as, you know, makes 11 championships seem like nothing, you know what I mean? So you could go on and on forever just about what he did and how important he was off the court as much as he was, you know, a Hall of Fame, the Hall of Famer that he was on the court. Um, so, you know what I mean? It's, it's a sad day for sure. Um, you know what I mean? Um, but um definitely thankful for the legacy that he left behind, you know what I mean? It's something that will will carry on forever, you know. Yeah. I mean, couldn't have said it better myself. You know, he definitely will be missed. He lived a long life. Hopefully he prospers. Shock, you got you got anything you wanna say, bro? Nah, man, I mean you already hit the uh the nail on the head, man. A legend gone right here. But uh, I read a book he wrote called, uh, what is it, Russell Rules? I think it's about, like, leadership. There's some real good lessons in that book. If anyone was looking for a book to read, it's called Russell Rules. Yeah. Make sure we, we go for it. All right. Well, you know, we hope that he rests in peace. Our condolences go to his family. Um because he was such a strong advocate for everything black and everything that we try to do as black people, we definitely want to look at athletes and what they're doing today. You know, one thing that I commend, and you can say whatever you want about the player, but I look at like LeBron James opening up a grade school. I don't think you can make any bigger contribution than to contribute to, you know, education. Um, and then, you know, we got to make sure that we take a moment to, you know, shout out the educators out there. You know, we have, like I said, a couple of our, uh, uh, my coworkers on this podcast, you know, they have young children, so they need to be educated by individuals. Now, my real question, though, is do you think that you could be an educator? And I know y'all can be leaders, but could you be a, truly an educator? So if you were to teach, say, grade school, you think you could do it? And y'all? No. Yes. <laughs> okay. No, yeah, boy. <laughs> He swears he could. All right. And so I love about this. kids, but there's no way I could do. I could teach grade school. Mm-hmm. I love kids, <laughs> man. There's not a chance. I could I do it. I wouldn't like it. it. Okay. All right. Then how about this? Which grade is the hardest to teach? Let's say the hardest to teach in, which is the hardest to coach in, and you can pick the sport, and which is the hardest to survive in. Then. How about that? Teach, coach, survive. I feel like we gotta pick a sport. We can't. We can't pick a sport before we have this debate. You gotta say we're sport. All right, let's do a sport that they'll have in every state. Basketball. What difference does a sport make? Now that's because the different type of athletes. I mean, if it's rowing, you know that you know you're the the kids that are on the rowing team will probably their parents will get them there. If it's basketball, sometimes I mean we they gotta ride the bus. You know, are we really gonna consider rowers athletes? Like no disrespect. Oh, don't do that. Have you ever rode before, dog? It's not that it's not that I'm discrediting what they do. 
are they athletic? It's a that is a whole. Different Bro, rowing is thing. so hard. Yeah. I'm, yeah, it looked like it's real hard to do. So I mean, yeah. bodybuilding is real hard to do, but you don't have to be an athlete to move some iron around. You don't have to go out there and have a a ten five broad jump. You know what I mean? Can duck off vert. You know right, what so. I mean? Run that, run that, um, run that ten yard shuttle in less than four seconds. You know what I mean? All right. That's so what about Tiger Woods? Yeah, Tiger Woods didn't have a ten five broad jump. I don't think he could dunk. He might be able to dunk. Don't even care if he could dunk. Is he an athlete? He can do anything you just said. He's very golf again. Golf, you can be very skilled at golf. Not make you an athlete. There's no athletics. There's no mm, real spoken like a nigga that's never golfed. How many there's times have you no, golfed? There's no real athleticism that comes with golf. That not with golf. You get to your drive form, a golf ball. You don't think that takes any your, level of athleticism? You get your you get your form right. You got a little muscle to you that helps. That's wonderful. If you you know you get a little ex, extra exercise in, that's cool too. But no, there's no there's no athleticism that goes along with golf. Baseball, yes. Football, have you ever golfed? Yes. No, no. Have yes, you ever yes, golfed? Yes, I have. Yes. How'd I've, you do? How'd you How'd you shoot? I mean, I didn't shoot. I didn't keep score. If that's what. We <laughs> have I ever? Have I ever shot? Yes, but no, I didn't. I wasn't keeping score. It wasn't that type of party. I'm not considering top golf. I mean, have you been on a golf course? Oh no, my black ass ain't been on a golf course. <laughs> You've never been not. on a golf course. Nah, I ain't oh. gonna know. No. That All right, so yet. you said baseball. Yes. So somebody who's like CC Sabathia, a very large, out of shape human. Right. No, what baseball. was it? Um. Oh my God, what was his name? The uh, the Cologne. fat Bartolo Colon. Yes. Is he an athlete? No, he's not. But he plays baseball. Okay. He broad jumps. He just don't go very broadly. Exactly. He's not an athlete. But he could throw that thing like 97. He's such a 98. You cannot be an athlete and and row and be a damn good rower. Overall, as a whole. I feel like if you tried to row, it would be like that scene in um, How High when his mom was in the sky yelling at him. (laughs) Stroke. (laughs) Smoke. (laughs) Stroke. (laughs) Smoke. Stroke. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be you, dog. I can no, they're not, they're not athletes. I'm sorry. They're not. All right. Well, I don't support that, but I, you have the right to uh, A soccer athlete. player is an athlete. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Be, like, how are you going to be athletic? How are you going to be an athletic in a sport? How are you going to be athletic in a sport where you yourself are not mobile in? That doesn't. That's the, that should be like the barometer right there. You don't have to move. You don't have to physically. Are you move. saying that about rowing? You got to sit in a boat and row, bro. You don't have to run around. You know you how hard it is move. to move a boat. But you still use it it's like muscles. Upper body what strength. you talking about, bro? Again, it's all upper body again, strength. Again, power lifters move, can throw some shit around. Can do and they're more athletic in the weight room than you. No, see, now we changed it. Now okay, like a snatch. No. Now we changed the definition of athleticism. You're the one that said broad What's jumping and all that matters. I said a golfer. So you, then you said Tiger Woods is an athlete, yet they were one of Nike's highest paid athletes of all time. Nike considered golfers an athlete. You in 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 the dictionary, sure, Nike considers Tiger Woods an athlete. But in real life, when you talk about 
So I just so, hope we don't lose any listeners so, to the podcast so, for this blasphemy. They gonna be like, so what? wait a minute, wait a minute. So you mean to tell me not, Tiger Woods pull up to Tiger Woods pull up to the um, Nike Academy, pull up to the Nike whatever they got in Oregon. He pull up and Michael Jordan in there and they running basketball. Tiger Woods walk in the gym. Michael Jordan like, yeah, Tiger, go ahead and put your shoes on and come out here because we need one. Hell no. And then if Michael Jordan golfed against Tiger Woods, who would win? The greatest golfer that's ever lived would win. What are we talking about? He's being an amazing athlete, though. If if Michael Jordan is, yeah, I he guess is. he is. Be, yes, he is. Both are true. Michael Jordan is night and day better, a better athlete than <laughs> Tiger Woods. Hey, shock, Brick. Can one of y'all look up how old Tiger was when he won his first green jacket, please? Wasn't he a teenager? I think he was 19. I want to say he was 19. He was young. He was. No, I just looked up the definition of athlete. By Webster, a person who is proficient in sports and other forms of physical exercise. So, are NASCAR drivers athletes or are they skilled? No, I don't think they're. I don't think NASCAR drivers are athletes. But that the, but rowing, bro. If you get, it gets your heart. But rate. you're okay. not gonna just get in that car and drive 200 miles an hour in a circle for five hours and just drive just like you driving down I-75, nigga. That's not. Gonna I drove happen. from Charlotte four hours today. I was skr skr. But now you my wheels are starting to wobble. 80 miles an hour hitting curves. Hey. So, all right, we got to pick a grade, y'all. So, the hardest grade to teach. Uh, let me go first. Then. I'll get it started. I say the hardest grade to teach is it's got to be either eighth or ninth grade. I think it's got to be eighth, eighth grade. It's got to be. It's either seventh or eighth grade. It's got to be. And and let me let me give y'all my reason for why I think eighth grade is the hardest. There are so many kids when I was in eighth grade that were threatening to quit, like drop out of school, and the amount of teachers that had to like convince those kids to come back. I would be like, do it. Please do it. Go ahead and drop out. That is fine with me. When you wash my windows on the corner, please use good Windex. That's what. That's all I'm saying. I feel like eighth grade is hard. Also, I saw one of the worst fights ever in eighth grade. It wasn't me. It was a guy standing next to me. He got rocked. I remember I turned. <laughs> I still had my private school pants on when I turned and looked at him. And then the dude proceeded to stomp on him. And I was like, man, I should jump in there and do something. And then he stomped on him again. I was like, oh, I should get somebody to jump in there and do something. And then the truancy officer came. And my homeboy looked at me. He said, why you ain't help me? I said, now, what kind of selfish <laughs> shit is red. that? Did you not see him stomping you? When that Timberland came down towards your face, I felt bad. But I needed to make sure that I had a line of sight to call on the truancy officer who actually saved your life. You 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 hit him with the thug magnificent. Damn, I wonder what could have made that nigga so mad. <laughs> yeah, he bro, I never forget. We was walking down the hallway and he was in the middle of a sentence and then he just I see a fist come between the two of us. And I look and I remember I was in my private school uh khaki, so I was like, Oh, they fight here. Let's get it. Hold but, on, that was for you let your dog get stomped out with a Timberland like that. I mean, I'd only known this nigga for three days, so we were still establishing this relationship. <laughs> y'all was, y'all was he wasn't that cool. Y'all was still laying the foundation. He get knocked out. You had to cut him off real quick. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't too cool that nigga after that. Obviously, Man. he had too much beef in the street. Man. <laughs> All right. So I say eighth grade. Leno, what, what you got? 
It's got to be, like I said, it's got to be somewhere between 7th and 8th grade. By 7th and 8th grade, biology is starting to kick in. And little kids is like wild animals, you know what I'm saying? At that point, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a whole different ball game. You start getting into 6th grade, you know what I'm saying? You might still, for the most part, still have a little bit of, I ain't go, I, we'll use the word innocence for lack of better words. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? You still had family life and, you know, later in elementary school and even in sixth grade and stuff like that. You haven't seen no titties yet, or maybe it's you not even like that, one set. It might titties. not even be that you haven't seen them yet. It just hasn't done nothing to you yet. And then by the, when that when that seventh and eighth grade and it's when you see them and it started doing something to you, oh, it's a new <laughs> ball game, man. It's a whole... You, that's it. When the that, hormones come into play, dog. Man, nah, that's I'm not it. It was when that. your students get horny. That's the hardest grade to teach. When, when, yeah, when, that, yeah, when that switch, nah, yeah, yeah, when that switch get flipped, then it start. Hey. You start looking at it a whole other different way. Yeah, that's game over. They ain't listening. So that, to, uh, you can't teach them no. shit. They don't so, want to hear nothing. So how would you teach in seventh grade? You like stop looking at them kids. <laughs> what, what would you say? I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be teaching. No. <laughs> No, nah, because you already you already know that you might you might as well argue with that brick wall and tell that brick wall to deconstruct itself and build itself back together. You got right. a better chance with that. You are right. <laughs> All right, brick. We're great. All right. So the hardest to teach, in my opinion, I'll have to say ninth grade, like just from a teaching perspective, because mm-hmm. like you guys saying the seventh, eighth grade. They got all that. But once they get to ninth grade, they the youngest ones there. So they're a little nervous. They scared. But they also have the influences of people who are 15, 16, 17, 18 years old right there. Yeah, go ahead. Get that. Go ahead. Do that. So that's the point where, you know, they got the hormone. They got somebody who can drive them around. They can do whatever. They start finding little things, little illegal substances to start oh i can do this the whole classroom smell like x at 8 30 in the morning so like <laughs> come on oh you said ninth grade they start doing drugs too right i mean that's what like eighth graders yeah everybody remember in eighth grade there was that one kid ninth grade half the class was zooted they started getting in the liquor bottles and everything you'd be like bruh so I got to say ninth grade because they got their hormones ready and then they got the older influence. They think they 18, 19 years old. They like, I'm a grown man. And it's one of those things that like, what are y'all doing, bro? So yeah. I got to right. So it seems like we've established basically like seventh, eighth and ninth grade are the hardest to teach. And I feel like if I'm putting it in chronological order, it's like, so first seeing some genitalia or some breasts will start to make you tingle. And that's the thing that gets to you. Yep. Then also, they'll be putting out these false threats as children and their little fights that they get into are like, they'd be throwing some haymakers at like middle school level, like middle school haymakers. You saw Cat Williams get dropped. We've seen that. And then ninth <laughs> grade, you add drugs into the mix. So it sounds like we're describing some young, dropout, perverted drug addicts. Ninth graders. I'm about to say that. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, okay, so that's right. teach. Then what's the hardest grade to coach? Uh, hardest grade to coach, I would have to say. 
It's got to be one of the elementary schools when you're it's coaching them. Because it's like, even the smallest direction, you'll say it, and they'll say, yeah, got it, and just do the wrong thing, and you'll teach them again. So I like, fifth grade, I feel like they think they're bigger, so they try harder, but like a fourth grader, ooh, baby. Just getting them to run in a straight line and not travel or, you know, don't like, don't tackle with your head down. Don't just drop the ball. Don't be afraid to catch it. That type of stuff. The hardest part with the hardest grade to coach, without a doubt, is the first, your first flag, whatever your lowest level flag, whatever, if it's, we talk of football, whatever your lowest, youngest level, T-ball, yeah. you know what I'm saying, basketball, they got the seven and a half foot rims. Whatever that age is, because you're not calling any fouls. If it's a false start in football, you just like, hey, no, no, don't do that. Oh, no, I'd do be a terrible ref. I'm calling everything. I will eject one of these little niggas. You know, three hours have gone two by. Procedural three, penalties. Throw them out. There's no respect for the game. The first quarter, you know what I'm saying? I can't, I can't do it. I'm not, no. You said three hours go by and you're halfway through the first quarter? Yeah, no, nah, we're calling the game. That's it. They usually have a running clock at that age. Yeah, I would hope so. You'll see soon enough, my friend. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now at the at the baseball next year, we we definitely on baseball next year. So don't even you gotta teach him how to that. pitch. You gotta teach him how to pitch. For y'all that don't know, Leno's son is the same height as me, and he is five. I was talking to his mama about this yesterday. I swear to you, I swear to God, when I picked him up on Thursday, when I picked him up last Thursday, I looked at him on this past Wednesday. He was not the same size Thursday as he was on Wednesday. I swear to you. I don't know what it is. I don't know what he's called. Growth. We mean you don't know what it is. Nah, you're not supposed to grow that fast. Like he was once, he was one size. He went to sleep. And he woke up, and he was like three inches taller. So, I'm saying, so it seems like, I'm saying like fourth grade, Leno's saying, it sounds like a third grader, maybe it's a second grade. I don't know if they can like nah, flag. Nah, I was about to say, so let's see. Flag was first grade, so that's, yeah, seven. Like six or no, seven, right? No, I was right? six or seven. Yeah, I was six going on seven. That's not, it's a long story. So you say first graders, I say fourth graders. Uh, shock, what you got? We said we would not want to coach. Least would likely not, to would. coach. Yeah. Would be the hardest. Yeah, most man. Which is the hardest to coach? I tell you what. I did like four or five-year-old fucking flag football. Excuse my French. And that was absolutely miserable, dog. Absolutely <laughs> miserable. Trying to explain. Go right into the middle hole. Just take this ball and go. Like, come on. But they little kids. So I can't yell. You can yell. Have you seen some of these coaches? What's that uh, show where they play in Florida? You can't yell it. You can't yell these days, man. Have y'all seen it? What do they call it? Like, not Lil John. Britt, can you look it up? The name of that show where the young kids play Pop pop more? Something like that. And, like, they get it. They be fighting out there. Oh, is is that the one about uh, the Texas... uh, Little kids in Texas, Florida. So Friday night tight. Is that what you're talking Friday about? Friday night tights. Yes. Imagine if you had to make them little kids do up downs. Could you imagine that you would be all on national news having five and six year olds doing up downs? Imagine if you pulling your child up to play against that team and you seeing them do up downs 
and then they all got their, you know, warm up. Are we ready? Nah, we ready? Me, we gonna stop these niggas. I'm like, oh man, he's using no. the N word. He's like, six. actually, there was a coach in high school. Their chant before the game was the N word. He was fired the next day. It was just the N word, like it was. Well, they it was like we gonna stop these niggas or something like that. I don't know. Oh, it was. Uh, oh, okay. You have it. It was niggas. Niggas. Yeah. So they were they were hype, and then bam, he uh, got fired. Nah, it was hype. Bro. <laughs> I, I would have been hype if that's how our coach was bringing us in before the game. What he what they were saying, it was yeah, he shouldn't have got fired. <laughs> about, he shouldn't have got fired. There was last year, I believe it was last year, two years ago, the incident where the like the elementary school kids were doing Oklahoma's, and that one kid got destroyed, and it made ESPN yeah. about how bad those coaches were. So you gotta think like some people are like yeah bad them coaches tell. were. Did you see that boy walk into that hole waddling? But you, he was trying but, to embrace that contact. But everybody That's knows, that boy's fault. Everybody knows when you're in elementary school, the coaches know that kid's gonna actually play. This kid's forced to play because his parents don't want him playing Xbox. You guys, when you play Pop Warner, you remember that. All I'm saying is, That's when you got a run fit, when you got a run fit, you can't waddle in the hole. You got to hit it. And you be telling these kids that, but some of them walk up ready to meet their demise, and then they meet it. it it's what I call self-correcting, okay? If you, if you sign up for your child to play football, you understand that there's a lot of safety that goes into the game. At the youngest level, they should be teaching safety. I don't agree with Oklahoma drills. But when homie tiptoed through the line, he was asking to catch that blacker wacker and he got laid <laughs> flat on his back. I bet the next time he did Oklahoma drill, he either was on offense or he was on the sideline. He ain't want to run fit no more. Rest in peace, Patrice O'Neal. He said once he come from a generation of little football, little league football, where you used to take a nigga socks after you um, paralyzed him and he couldn't play football no more. It's for the next team. The next team you played the next week, so they knew. They'd be like, oh, that's the niggas that be tying niggas, paralyzed niggas' socks on their helmets and stuff. That's <laughs> a whole different generation of football. They, they, they don't do that anymore. They don't want to do that. I mean, anymore. I don't agree with paralysis. Chronic traumatic encephalopathy is a true diagnosis. can only be diagnosed post-mortem, unfortunately. But you can see a lot of signs and symptoms. So I definitely think you have to take caution when you're doing anything with your head. I think that you need to be able to, even if you can't diagnose a concussion, you should be able to understand when you're having abnormal symptoms like headaches, nausea, vomiting, memory loss, photophobia, so like bright lights are getting to you, any of that stuff. So that's like CTE too, because Michael Irvin made that CTE joke, and I laugh every time I hear it, but you can't diagnose that until after you're gone, so that's kind of like a wild, if I'm a gambling man, I'm probably going to die with some slight form of it. You play football long enough. So, like, I, you don't really care one way. I don't want to say I don't care one way or another. But if you ain't going to tell me until after I'm gone and I got it and there's nothing that I can do about it really beforehand. What, what, what well, we, that's why about? they look at the youth level because the difference now. I'm going to call you back guys to where it's like. Lit <laughs> 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 always, always said I was, I, I'm the type of nigga that forget to show up to my own funeral so my dumb ass would be picking up the phone as I'm walking into the funeral like yo hold on I'm supposed hey. to be somewhere right now I'm gonna call you back He's like, is this the right casket <laughs> All right, so move over nigga quick, quick uh, caveat did you guys see that uh, Derrick Henry 
stiff arm somebody and broke their helmet today? What? He yes. broke the helmet? Broke the helmet. I believe that. So I, I need video. Sure I need. I need video CTE of it. To people. I need video of it. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to send that in the group. They he broke that. his helmet. What it was like? Nah, did he bounce they, off nah, the ground? That's fake. That's fake. I don't care it? what you say. That's fake. You ain't stiff ESPN arming nobody. posted it. You're not stiff arming nobody and breaking the whole helmet. It's you no. They have the like the extra padded helmet. So I don't know if he broke the extra padded portion of it. So he broke his cushion. I don't know, but don't it just that a stiff arm to the head. He stiffed arm somebody in the oh, head I mean, and, have the, you and seen the pad popped arms? out on the inside. I was about to say. Have you seen a helmet? What are y'all talking about? I'm with, I'm with Leno. It's a helmet. What are you doing? They just Yo, say it, anything. It That's like, like the defensive coordinators that were saying Lamar Jackson was this. We, we talk about Patrick Mahomes later. This is like the, the anonymous defensive coordinators that they just supposed to be making these things up. Like one of the guys... Ain't won an MVP and the other guy isn't a Super Bowl champion. Like clearly, y'all must y'all y'all not thinking too highly of these dudes that's running in the league right now. I don't know what y'all doing. Yeah. You won't be in the league much longer. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right, so on our teachers, we've gone over teaching, coaching, and then survive. So which grade is the hardest to survive? Now this can be We'll do it both. From the perspective of the teacher, hardest to survive, and from the perspective of the student. And I'm going to go with, and this is very specific, 11th grade in an inner city public school. Because 11th graders are still minors. Usually they are not over 18, but they will come at you like they are about 25 in terms of attitude. I mean, as a teacher or as a student? I think it's both hard because they be trying to sell you. Remember them drugs they were doing in ninth grade? In 11th grade, they're trying to sell them to you. And they aren't good drugs. So you got to make sure you don't get drugs from your students. Some of that spice. We're not a drug podcast. <laughs> not a drug podcast. We do not endorse buying drugs from teachers nor anyone else, only licensed pharmacists and your local physicians. Shout out to Lit MD. So. <laughs> a plug for myself. I do not own a pharmacy company, nor do I benefit from this podcast in any monetary value. The end. Um, I would say, yeah, I say 11th grade all around. I think 11th grade, you can get a bullet in your ass as a student. I think 11th grade, you can get a bullet in your ass as a teacher. I think 11th grade, you can, they are big. So they're 11th graders that are the size of full grown adults. I mean, I stopped growing in like seventh, eighth grade, but some people grow beyond that, you know? <laughs> Hey, I was, was big in eighth grade. Oh, you were the height you were now in eighth grade. Yeah, I've been the same height since eighth grade. I'm, I'm feel, I feel so sorry for you, my boy. There's no need to feel sorry. I'm grade, so now. calm down, my guy. <laughs> yeah, but that's because you were squatting <laughs> since you were in the fourth grade. So no, we're no, the no, same no, height. No, so no, what does that no, say? No, so that's. <laughs> You right about the eleventh grade take though. You you one hundred percent right on that take. Don't you got to take SATs in a? Don't you got to take SATs in eleventh grade? You got to. That's that's pretty much your last. That's you know. What you get on the grade, SAT? You know if you're going to college or not. Leno, what you get on the SAT? Uh, did I get? Did I get <laughs> That sounds like a nigga that's about to lie. Did I? I don't think I know. I didn't break twelve. I got like eleven thirty something. I got like eleven something. I, all I all I Does heard. Did that really change was, the scale? 
Oh, they yes, did change the scale. They t- yeah, they they changed the scale. But respectfully, all I'm gonna be honest with you. All I heard was make eleven, make a thousand, and you pretty you can go to school. So I was just like, all right, if I get that thousand, if I get them thousand points, I don't care about anything else after that. I don't try to. High school. I wasn't trying to impress nobody on my SOL, which is a stupid test. I just want to. Get above the threshold, and then after that, everything else will figure itself out. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm, a, yeah. I'm an a, I'm an athlete. Somebody recruit me so I can go to school. I got a three. I had a three five coming out of high school. In my, I did that in my sleep. I was just like, yeah, I'll go ahead and play this football and go ahead up about my business. What high school did you go to? What you mean? Uh, I used to teach there. That's right. I forgot. Yeah, you're right. You probably did have a three five. <laughs> I had a three five. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with my three five? Yeah. You trying to you trying to shit on my three five or something? What you talking about? Was that about? your GPA or was that your average score on test out of hundred? Would you? Average. I'm trying to figure out which one you was getting. Nah, nigga, I got a special mm-hmm. seal and everything on my diploma. <laughs> Better put some respect <laughs> on my name. Yeah, it's an opening teach- case of dumbass. They used to teach your <laughs> The administration was a very picky of what you could do and couldn't do to students, so meaning like grade-wise. I don't want to teach that now. I'm about to say, you're going to have to definitely there. explain that comment, Brick. You said what you could do I, to students. Yeah, so uh, when I was there, I think, I can't remember the principal's name, and the assistant principal, there was a whole thing. Dr. was the hair person. Dr. Yeah, don't let me break up your story. She had a... Two houses, one on the beach. She used to take all the teachers there in the summertime, so it was nice. But there was a policy where you were not allowed to fail a student unless you had like a full write up of why this student needed to fail and everything. I remember I was a high school teacher there teaching earth science to eleventh graders. And yes, that was like I needed. I had to teach an elective class. I didn't want to. Hold on, one second, y'all. I used to, so earth science was a class that I was cheated off of the most. See, I don't know if y'all had that dilemma. People used to cheat off of me. Oh, I had at well, one point 85 percent cheat off of me. Oh, All right, cool. so earth science. Oh, no, no, I know your dumbass ain't talking. I Niggas never cheated off of you. I stopped the whole story just to let y'all know people used to cheat off my test. <laughs> so, this guy. has anyone ever cheated off of yours? Yes. And they failed the shit out that test. But I ain't see, but I ain't, I ain't even going. We don't even have to get into that. What you mean? All right, so I'm gonna go into it just to be real with you. This is how bad it was. I was the earth science teacher. So we start class. We're in block scheduling. I let them know, hey, this, we're gonna take a test. Every answer is gonna be A on this test. This is how we're gonna go through it. So what did I do for that ten minutes before we take the test? I went over the test. Went over it. These are the answers. Remember, I told you every answer is going to be A. 50% of my class failed. But I could not fail that class. So the kids that got the good grades, they got extra credit. And everybody else, they had to retake it. That's literally, that's why there's a teacher problem right now. Because the administration saying you can't fail. I literally gave them the answer. I mean, are you teaching at that point? It was earth science. It was elective. I, I let my students know from the jump. Somebody has to grade these tests, 
And it's you're not passionate. Crazy. You're not passionate about the wild, the wild world of earth science. You don't like. I was a year out of college, so I taught them like they were college students, but I couldn't fail them like they were college students. Hey, I don't care what y'all do, but here's the stuff. Here's what's important. And here's what you need to pass this test at the end of the year. Maybe if you were more excited to talk about minerals and sediments and stuff like that, maybe, you know what I'm saying, you could have had a better effect on the class. You ever think about that? My class passed for the most part, the SOL. They passed my class because I had to pass them. That's what I'm saying. You had to pass them. Yeah. But if so is that telling... lesson or, or lift up your 3.5 GPA is the question. Probably lessons, probably probably weakens the foundation that it stands on. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you would have cheated off of your boy, you would have been all right. Does it matter if I took earth science in like ninth grade? Does that, does that, earth science, ninth grade is honors class. Oh, so. Is it honors classes? Oh, so looky here. (laughs) (laughs) Looky here. It turns out I'm not such a dumbass after all. Did you you didn't even know you were in an honors class? I mean, I knew that, but I was, I, I'm not going to be like you. Oh, everybody seated off my test when I was in school. No, I said that was the one class where everybody cheated off of the test, which you know, it is. I mean, I'm not going to hold you. I think you. it's significant. I'm not going to hold you. I can tell I, you're I, trying to. You I mean, mean, well, no, nah, let's talk about it, my boy. First off, with a capital F, <laughs> fuck you. Let's start that part <laughs> off. We haven't even gotten into that topic yet. Next topic. How many times can I tell... Leno, the wave guy, to kiss my ass. Probably five, or maybe 3.5. How about that? Was that, was that right? Because y'all just oh, coming at my neck today. That's what we have. I'm, no. no, I'm just saying. You want to talk about seasick? You want to talk about seasick? I'm not. <laughs> I'm sick I'm of this not shit. I wasn't. I just wasn't excited and as eager to, to release that information as you were about your information. That's all. I could tell you was because you wanted to cover my neck about it. I was trying to say that that was the substantiality of what earth science meant to me is that I was cheated off of it a lot. And there were times where people couldn't even get, they would get upset with me. That's where I was going to go for it. <laughs> See, you All were like, a bully in school, weren't you? No, I was, no. no. I was I was little up until like 10th grade. I couldn't even do nothing for real. I was short. I was like your size up until I got to my junior year and then just choom, went straight up in the air. But after that, before that, nah, I just had to get by. <laughs> All right, y'all. So it sounds like we have a verdict in for each part. So from a non-teaching perspective, which grades are the hardest to teach? It seems like we said the middle schoolers and the freshmen in high school. Which grades are the hardest to coach? It seems like the early elementary schoolers. Uh, and then for the hardest to survive, it seems like 11th grade because they fall, they do a lot of adult things underage. And you also can deal with a lot of adult issues on their side and as a teacher. So before we move off of that, it's also back to school time, at least here in uh, the state of Georgia where I'm located. And I know back to school time is coming up soon. So let's make sure we take a moment to shout out a teacher, bro. A teacher in life, a teacher whether, you know, it could have been grade school, college. Wherever it was, somebody that just taught you something. Um, and let's just make sure that we, you know, give them their flowers while they're here. You know, if they have passed, you can still take a chance to recognize these individuals. So I guess if I were to start now, shock me actually remember this teacher. We had a history teacher in high school named Mr. Anderson. And I remember Mr. Anderson was one of the few individuals, like, I'm not going to sit here and say I had a story where people didn't believe in what I was capable of doing. I can say that a lot of people didn't see it 
really come to fruition because I tried my best to like put roadblocks in my life throughout. So Mr. Anderson was, he was a red haired, red beard, white guy, but he, you know, he kept a pretty strict uh, class. And I do remember one day, I think shock may remember this. I had found some, uh, some handcuffs cause my mom worked in the federal prisons and it was like a handcuff lapel. And I had the brilliant idea to put it in as an earring. So when I came in, you know, he uh, immediately called me out. Yeah, I had some gold handcuff earrings. He said, what's those in your ears? And I said to him, this is a show that no matter how far away I feel like I get, I'm still locked up in the slave system. Now, our, our lovely shock here, he said, bullshit, he got those from his mom. <laughs> <laughs> so that part did occur where he took me basically he told me to take him out i took him out but then he talked to me afterwards and he, he said why do you choose to do these type of things i'm like what's wrong with it he's like you're wearing handcuffs it seems like you're trying to stereotype yourself when no one else is putting this stigma on you I'm like you know i'm just trying to live my life and do my own thing he was like it doesn't have to really go that way i just want you to know that there's so much potential so make sure you know that you can still follow up on what you want to do with your life. Cause you say that you want to, you know, be a doctor and do this, that, and the third. So I think you should set yourself up as good as you can to do it. So I want to take a moment to shout out Mr. Anderson, but if any of y'all got any teachers, please air it out and give them their flowers. Yeah. Let me go ahead and shout out my third grade teacher, Mrs. Vetlana. She was from, she had an accent. The first teacher I ever had with the accent. And I tell you what, she uh she ran me on game. I learned how to speak from the realest person ever, man. It's crazy. Sorry, she's Russian though, and we ain't gonna talk about it. Cut that out. Cut that out. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got shit oh, with Russian. Thing. Never mind. Never oh, mind. This thing. <laughs> nah, but for real though, she was cool as hell though, man. She was way cool. I don't remember any other teacher besides third grade, Mrs. Atlanta. Okay. All right, good talk. <laughs> you you deep thought about that. I am, bro. <laughs> Shout out Miss Svetlana. Shout out to Mr. Anderson. Shout out Miss Svetlana. All right, who next? Shout out Coach Pyramid, too. Coach Pyramid. Yeah, he was a good one. PE coach. That counts, right? PE's a class. Yeah. I mean, but oh, also yeah. football coach. Little, like, like, <laughs> elementary school, maybe middle school, not high school. No, no, no. If you go to North Carolina, Pyramid is a legend. Like, respect. Give him a Pyramid. <laughs> yeah, Pyramid did his thing. He coached me to a state championship, actually, in track, in the yeah. 110 hurdles, or the 100 meter hurdles. I also remember uh, my freshman year, I have an older brother who was on the field. I got a little bit of playtime on kickoff and kickoff return, but my older brother, as we're playing, that school that we won't name, your your boy. Um, so yeah, last second touchdown because uh, my older brother pushed somebody out of bounds and he failed to stay with the man because he feels he's out of bounds. It don't count. But if the ref don't see it, it still counts. And Oliver Bacon was his name. Caught the touchdown. Clock runs out and no state championship. Congratulations to my older brother. You cost me that one. Appreciate it, bro. 
I remember that game. He's <laughs> he ran clearly out of bounds, came back in, and then they're y'all. Mm, they stormed the field. I was like, how was the game over? Okay, but everybody I didn't know. I didn't know. Rest. Exactly. The rest of the don't matter. Man, <laughs> I ain't no bacon did, did him like that. Oh, yep. snap. So, he did get pushed out of bounds. I didn't even realize, like, I was I was so young at the point where I didn't realize that that was a penalty, but I knew it happened. I was like, oh, he ran out. But he ran back in. I thought it was the smartest play ever. Yep. Caught that touchdown. Like, Game over. I was like, why don't you just run behind your whole Everybody team's line every that. time and come back in? Yeah. <laughs> so... All right, so we got Pierman, Svetlana, Anderson. Who else we got? What are the teachers we got? All right, I'll give a shout-out to one of my favorite teachers. He was my physics teacher at the high school I went to for a little bit, uh, Trey Adams. He was a great teacher. He pushed everybody. He was also a football coach, so he was a okay. good dude. He helped out everybody, and he literally was that guy that said, hey, these are things that these are skills that you're going to need in life. So make sure you take that. And literally, I took that and ran with it. That's why I am at the age I am and have had like 15 jobs, like career jobs that Uncle people Ruffy love. Said. <laughs> I, I literally have <laughs> just like Uncle Ruckus. So because of him and he's like, hey, you should get into like a science. So I went to college, did some science, didn't even know what I was doing. But boom, jumped. I did this. Oh, I did that. oh be careful. Mm-hmm. Leonardo Way guy might talk shit about your science career. <laughs> <laughs> nah, this you was. <laughs> yeah, so I got to give a shout out to Trey Adams. He's actually the head of school at Southampton Academy now. I found that out. Okay. Yeah, so Heck yeah. he went from being a physics teacher to ninth grade students to now he's the head of school. So shout him out. All he right, shout so out. shouting out Mr. Adams, Mr. Perlman. Miss Svetlana, Mr. Anderson, Leno, take us home. Who you want to shout out, dog? Uh, if I'm taking this home, I'm gonna take the scenic group. I got uh I got two that I want to shout out. Two of my favorite teachers, my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Wilson. She was the she was the first teacher. That that was the first time in my life in, in the fourth grade where I really had a teacher like try me. Like I tried her and she wasn't going for none of it. She really yeah. discipline wise you know what I'm saying she really ain't let me get away with a whole lot of stuff you know what I mean and I needed that and especially at that time for whatever reason I don't know why I was on what mm. I was on in that period of time but for whatever reason I thought I could go to school and I would get some type of break but Miss Wilson was always on me as far as making sure I kept my nose clean and made sure I you know she really made sure I stayed out of trouble and guided me to looking back in my early adolescence was really like a pivotal time for me for whatever reason but um definitely want to shout out miss wilson and another another uh one of my favorites she got a real special place in my heart miss scott i want to shout out miss scott she was my ninth grade was it ninth grade history she was my history teacher in high school i want to say it was ninth grade um we I mean, I was always decent in the class, but we got really close. At the time, my mom was a um, cancer nurse, and her husband came down with cancer. My mom was her cancer nurse. So she met kind of one of those things where she met my mom and then come to find out they get, the, you know, you get to talking and whatever and find out, you know, she's got a kid that goes to the school that she teach at. Come to find out it's me. You know what I mean? So we were always really close about that. 
you know, kept in contact about her husband's condition and things like that. And we really, you know, I wanted to be nice to her, you know what I mean? Because I know dealing with stuff like that, my mom having to deal with stuff like that all the time is difficult. Um, you know, having, you know, loved ones coming down with cancer or whatnot. So I definitely wanted to, um, mm-hmm. definitely want to give her a shout out. She was a great teacher, one of my favorite teachers of all time. Somebody like just based off of, you know, unfortunate circumstances, we ended up developing really just a really, really good, really close relationship all throughout high school. So I definitely, definitely want to give her a shout out. Uh, send my love to her, you know, all the mold and all the effect that she done had on me. All right. Perfect. So we got to make sure we take this time to shout out all the teachers and recap. We're shouting out Miss Scott, Miss Wilson, Mr. Pierman, Miss Svetlana, Mr. Adams, and Mr. Anderson, and every other more. teacher, few and far in between. Yeah, what we got, Brick? My favorite. Like, he was a mentor. He took over the whole family. So, you know, Steve McGill, I got to give him a shout out. He done oh, my Florida God. State. We almost <laughs> forgot McGill. More state championship hurdles in the state of North Carolina than any other coach. He was my English teacher. He was my older brother's English teacher. He was the lit MD's mentor coming up. He let that little boy run, Mm -hmm. and he got fast. So shout him out big time. Yeah, if I could take a moment to shout myself out without being attacked by Leno the Wave God this time. (laughs) Mr. McGill actually did coach me to come in second in the nation in my age group in the USA track and field. In the 13, 14-year-old age group, shout out to McGill. He took me aside and really stepped in as a father figure. So shout out Mr. McGill, Miss Scott, Miss Wilson, Mr. Adams, Miss Svetlana, Mr. Pierman, Mr. Anderson, everybody, every other teacher, few and far between. Keep doing what you're doing. I know with COVID, with knucklehead kids, with knucklehead parents and all that, it is a lot to deal with, but we appreciate you each and every day. And please continue to educate our youth, all right? Nah, what's real, man? What look? What's really got me seasick today, my boy? We talk. We all talking about back to school, man. I was telling you earlier. I gave, I gave my son a shout out, man. Today is a a a, a milestone of a birthday for him at five, uh, because we got five year olds. You know what I mean? That means that school is right around the corner, and for him, literally, you have his birthday today as we speak. You know, as we speak now, August the seventh. He'll be happy birthday. Appreciate you. He'll be on his uh, he'll be on his way to school his first day of school on Wednesday, man. And I'm just every time I think about it, man, I just kind of get emotional about it. Like you, yeah, Nick, Nick can relate to this, especially Brick can relate to this, man. That you remember everything about that that first ride home, man. That for I'll never I'll never a day in my life forget that first night, man, that we brought him home from the hospital. And literally two hours, I was lucky enough to get two hours of sleep that night. You know what I mean? Just, it, it was, nothing can prepare you for what it, you know, for what this journey is that I'll be on for the rest of my life with him, man. It's just, I'm just, I'm just blessed that I was, you know, God saw me fit just, you know, just fit enough, man, to be able to be responsible for him. And to watch him come along on his journey, man, I just get I get emotional just thinking about, you know, the things that he's done already to this point and can only imagine what he's going to do in the future. Um, so I'm I'm excited. I'm emotional. Um, I'm, I'm happy for I'm proud of I'm proud of my little man. If I, I tell him I love him all the time because I can never tell him enough how much I really do love him. And um, I'm, I'm right. excited for this next chapter in life, man. But I'm really I really, really just 
if I, like I said, I can't do it enough, give him a shout out and let him know how much I love him, um, how much I'm ready, how much I'm going to act like I got something to do, you know, on his first day of school other than just be there and watch him walk through the door. You know what I mean? He's about to Hey, that 3.5 GPA better get him right. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's about to with that new math. He, you know, they do that gonna, new math. He, he, you're gonna have to do something because that 3.5 might not work on that new math, dog. You gotta you gotta put stuff in a box and play Rubik's Cube and play Sudoku with the numbers and stuff and bring them down. I'm not ready for all of that, bro. I can't. Oh, I wanna do it my way, down? and my oh, way might not be the way no more. You know what I mean? It's just it's a whole new journey we're getting ready to go on, man. Like I said, mile mm-hmm. five is a milestone to me. So I'm just I'm ready for this next chapter. One again, but your dad loves you. If I can't, if I don't tell you enough, just know that I love you, man. I'm so proud of you. Can't wait to see you on going in through the doors on that first day, man. That's what's got me seasick today, fella. There you go. All right. So sometimes you got a good thing that makes you seasick. All right. All right. Moving on to our next topic. Our next topic that we would like to talk about. Something that I've wanted to address for a while, and I think we all want to, is athletes former athletes, wherever we stand on it. So Patrick Mahomes was quoted as uh, saying a few comments in regards to black quarterbacks, which I definitely think needs to be spoken spoken upon and just put in the airway. So here we go. Let's get into it. So he says, obviously the black quarterback has had to battle to be in this position that we are to have this many guys in the league playing every day. We are proving that we should have been playing the whole time. You've got guys that can think just as well as they can use their athleticism. It's always weird when you see guys like Lamar Jackson and Kyler kind of get that on them when other guys don't. But at the same time, we're going out there to prove ourselves every day to show we can be some of the best quarterbacks in the league. You always feel like you have more to prove. And this is what Patrick Mahomes had to say in regards to black quarterbacks, how they always feel that they have more to prove as compared to white quarterbacks in the league. So, what did y'all think about the comment? Leno, what's up? Well, he's right. I mean, that's, he's not saying anything that's breaking news, and it's funny because it's not even, I don't even think it's really, a, from the point he said that, I don't even think that's really a story anymore. It's based off of how people have carried his comments and what he said uh, like I said I don't think he said anything that isn't true that hasn't been true that people you know people that follow the NFL haven't been saying for the last 20 years about having a quarterback having a person of color at, at the quarterback spot on the team that was always a knock that person of color particularly uh, you know black quarterback wasn't smart enough to be able to handle the responsibility that came with being a quarterback of a team you know the franchise quarterback of a team he's not saying anything new He's not saying anything that's really surprising. Um, he's actually spot on. How do you have a guy like uh, – and I like uh, I like Josh Allen. I think he's a hell of a player. How do you have a guy like Josh Allen past him um, ranking-wise as far as the hierarchy of NFL quarterbacks uh, when you got a guy like Patrick Mahomes who's already been an MVP, who's already been to a Super Bowl, been to multiple Super Bowls, already won a Super Bowl, uh, a guy like Lamar Jackson who's already won a league MVP, uh, but again, like you said, you have those two guys in particular at the forefront when you talk about quarterbacks in the league that face criticism. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I'm not really moved by the comments because he's not saying anything new. Uh, but he's not in that respect. He's not saying anything wrong either. Yeah, 
I mean, I agree with it. I feel like initially, or well, initially, back, especially growing up for me, like I remember, you know, Michael Vick, Donovan McNabb. And I know before that you had like Warren, yeah, Warren Moon. Um, what's his name? Was it Dante Culpepper? I remember Steve McNair, RIP. Bunch of individuals that were playing. But um, I feel like it needs to be said, and it needs to be said more and more, especially with the way the social media is, the airways are. Like, uh, something that I was talking to one of my coworkers about was that up until it had to be less than 10 years ago. Y'all remember Rivals.com? I know y'all know of it, but you remember how they used to have position rankings? It wasn't until recently that they, they split up quarterbacks into dual threat and pocket passer. You remember it just used to be a quarterback. And it feels like it's almost a way to keep ranking some of these less melanated quarterbacks up higher. Because, I mean, you look at a high school team, like you, you got a Lamar coming out, you got a Patrick Mahomes coming out, you got a Kyler Murray coming out, a Dak Prescott coming out, and then a Daniel Jones. Come on now. It's, it's pretty simple. Who's the best athlete out of all of them, you know, in, in general? And I feel like we need to continue to, to push that narrative in so many things. And it transcends sports. It really does. I mean, we do it every day. Y'all do it with fatherhood, you know, congratulations with y'all. I try to do it in my line of work as well, and I think we need to keep pushing that narrative because if we don't, we become voiceless and we become lesser than, at least we already are in their eyes, but I feel like we didn't give more notion to it. But what do you think about it, Brick? I mean, I feel like it goes back to the Jim Crow era and slavery and where they feel that blacks are – not equal to the white counterparts, the black men uh, in particular. They're just strong, they're fast, but they're not intelligent. And mm-hmm. it gets to that point where you see it, how they just try to, like you said, they break things up so they can still get their advantage. Because like Leno was just talking about Josh Allen, everybody talks about how great of a runner Josh Allen is. But in the same thing, they hate Cam Newton running. Cam Newton running. They hate when Lamar Jackson runs. So it's that thing where, like, look at the offensive line. The offensive line is mainly white guys. Defensive line is mainly black guys. They say, well, defense, you just got to run in and get them. Offense, you gotta, you need to understand the strategy. You need to understand the playbook. You need to understand where everybody's going. But there are some great black offensive linemen. With that being said, there's some great white defensive linemen, but some people, mainly like owners in the NFL, are still Let's not call them owners no more. I think they changed their name, didn't they? Well, whatever they are, the governors, the commissioners, not the commissioner, but the people. governors ain't no better. Whatever. The people. I I mean, the dudes on the team, you know what I mean? Yeah, the CEOs of these NFL teams. CEOs, let's call them okay. the CEOs. So these CEOs of these NFL teams, like, who's the youngest one? Uh, I honestly don't know. Is it uh, Jaguars owner, Shad Khan? I think that's his name. He's just saying that because he's Indian. You ain't saying it because he's young. But he is one of the younger ones, and he's Shout what? out all the Indian listeners, all the Gujarati, and, you know, whatever. I know, I know some places now. Yeah, uh, but 
But I'm just saying, like, from that perspective, you got to think about it. Uh, those CEOs of that NFL team are basically still stuck in their old mentality. How old is Jerry Jones? And you got to think, think about he about to turn 146 in a couple <laughs> weeks. But <laughs> literally, the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl was Doug Williams. And that mm. was just before my lifetime. I want to say like maybe 35 years ago. So mm. literally that's where we're, we're taking baby steps towards something because I mean, everybody's like, Oh, the black guys are just quarterbacks. I mean, running backs, receivers. And then you get a Christian McCaffrey and oh, he's changing the game, but he's still like what? Fifth best. Maybe when he, he no Derek Henry. yeah, he's no, right. How many other running backs could you name that do everything that he does, but he gets the glory? Every one of them, for real. Yeah. I I think that's just where they see this within sports, man. That's why we got we to gotta transcend that. We got to have a mindset and a knowledge base that goes beyond sports. I love sports. I know all y'all love sports on the podcast as well, but everybody, you know, you can have your craft too, whether it's I mean, there's some people that are like, and I'm not going to sit here and pitch out stuff in general but if i were to say one like i met somebody that was in the music theory the other day i didn't even really know what that was but they're talking about the deeper thought process and the psychiatric effect and benefits of music now i might be butchering what it was maybe i wasn't listening hard enough but i know it sounded great the way they said it so go ahead with that young black folks okay but when we what i'll say is that when we do it the right way that can then lead to wealth and we can build generational wealth okay now, what also would have built generational wealth is if I would have hit that lottery ticket, dog. Mm. That $1.2 billion might help 1. with all 2. types of generational wealth, won't it? Uh, no, would it? because they took about 70% from taxes, so they only won technically $400 million. So yeah, that yeah only, four, only $400 million, I mean. Okay, but okay. that's still a lot of money. Let's go with that then. All right, let's call it $400 million. So you get your money taxed, you get four hundred million. So what are the top three things that you could spend four hundred million on to make it worth it? You know what you think? A lawyer, a chef, and I spend that last that last thing I spend it on would be my my home. I'm gonna have my home is gonna be like a sanctuary. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna everything's gonna be to spec or whatever have you wanna put it, like everything's gonna be exactly how I want it, where I want it, set up how I want it set up. And then like I said, the other two things are just have me taken care of, a lawyer and somebody that's gonna feed me well. A chef. All you eat is pizza, but yeah, they'll take care of you. That's not I mean I mean that would be nice. But I would also like some type of alternative, too. I mean, I like my steak. I like my fish. I like my seafood. I like more than just pizza. But pizza would yeah. be good, too. Pizza would be real good. I feel like if they made pizza for you over and over, you wouldn't necessarily be like, I don't want this. You just feel all right, next time, get some, nom, 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 get some steak. Oh, I mean, I, was, I, was, I got to place my order beforehand. You're not going to just make me anything. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to just cook something and I'm supposed to eat it just because you cooked it. If I don't want what you made, you're going to make something else. But nip all that in the bud, I'll, get, I'll make my choice beforehand before you even start cooking, let alone after you done, you know, set it on the table for me to eat. 
Yeah, once that four hundred million start running, then he's gonna say he's gonna eat this pizza, this fan pizza. Man, well, if we gotta budget that thing out and spread it out over the course of however long, so be it. All right. I'm trying to think with four hundred million. Stop this thing. I definitely agree with the attorney. I 100% agree with the attorney. So after I get the attorney, next thing that I probably would do, see, I like I believe in accountants and what they can provide for you. But when you're talking about that much money, I don't want anybody making the decisions over it, even though it's supposed to run it through me. Like, oh, we're gonna invest 100 million dollars in Bitcoin, which. I'm not coming after the crypto mm-hmm. world. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that the, that Bitcoin spells just like everything else. You're not investing. Uh, you're not putting 100 M's on Forex uh, or nothing like that. <laughs> I mean, not 100 M's. Heck, nah, bro. I would do like I said. What I said. I said an attorney, and then. <laughs> What about one of those? Uh, what about one of those circle, um, some circle investment schemes where you where you deposit into the circle and wherever you line up in the circle, at, you the one that collect the pot. I think that yeah. was the scam. That was the scam of a couple of years ago that had niggas going crazy. Because they based it on it was supposed to be oh my god, what was the name? When my homeboy got caught up in that, and it was supposed to be based off of some African tradition. But the math won't match it for me. He was like everybody invest this much into the pot per month and they randomly select somebody to get all the money every six months. I was like, what if somebody pull out of it? You know, that's why you gotta find people you trust. I can't name twelve niggas that I trust. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> I'm about to say, you see Shock ain't even make it into the rest of the episode. <laughs> drop it. Hey drop it bag in the drop it bag on you in that little circle and then you run off and that's it. Everybody yeah. hear from so-and-so no more after that. Matter of fact, that lets me know what other thing I get. So number one would be an attorney. Number two would be a security team that can protect me and my family. Everybody's close to me. I can't handle kidnappings. I'm not good like in taking. I promise you, yo, I could not do as well as Liam Neeson did. Because I'd be like, this is the third time <laughs> your ass got caught up. Stop riding on that train. What's wrong with you? So we got attorney, we got security, and then I have to get something to splurge. I, as long as I'm able to rent it out, it would be a Learjet. I'd get like a G, G6 or something. You might be on to something with the security, though. Maybe I might be yeah. on security, but you definitely own something with the security bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. All right, and then so... What about the worst thing to spend your money on? And this one, I definitely want to hear Brick's opinion <laughs> as well. And you can just call them out. We ain't got to go in no particular order. What's the worst thing? $400 million. What would be the worst thing you could spend it on? Someone else's education, by far. You're talking to, you're talking to somebody with kids right now. You're talking about yeah, both spending money on. Okay. Oh, yeah, they got spending money. I'm literally telling, what is the largest debt that the United States of America had? Probably all those years of slavery. They have a huge debt to black people. Well, that's a moral debt. I'm talking financial. Nah, they owe us money for that too, man. <laughs> I'm about to say, I don't see it. 
I don't see a number on that reparation. Yeah, I mean, you bring up that reparations conversation, people get real quiet real quick and don't, you know, they forget the English like, language or something like that. Yeah, but there is, there is a number for the student loan debt, and literally everybody gets money and never pays it back. That's the worst thing. I pay, hey, IRS, I pay my student loan. I don't know what he's talking about. Oh, no, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you like this. I might not be speaking for myself. Uh, I'm gonna plead the fifth on that part. Uh, but I do know some people that um, they're gonna have to get them student loans back in blood if they think about getting any of that student loan back. <laughs> he said back in blood. I'm, I'm not. Speaking, I'm not. Speaking, I'm not speaking for myself. You know what I mean. But um, I definitely yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all might as well. What do we talk about? Uh, getting the wall, the brick wall, to break itself down and build itself back up again. Yeah, we back to that level as far as getting the student loans back. All right, so I just I looked know, it up. Right? The student loan debt is one point seven trillion dollars. So let me get this straight. Across America, you gave sixteen and seventeen and eighteen year olds a grand total of one point seven trillion. That's what yeah. we did. Yes, and that's what it is. Considering some people have that's, paid that, that's seventeen hundred billion dollars, right? Just so I'm correct. Uh, I think one point seven trillion is seventeen hundred billion. It's a thousand billions, almost two thousand billions. Yeah, seventeen hundred billion dollars. That's uh, crazy. Yes, so that's why I say spending money on someone else's education. I would like somebody, you know what, that brings a point that I would like somebody to do. I'd like somebody to look up the cost equivalent of the amount of work that enslaved Africans did over the, you know, 400-year period while they were enslaved, how much that would have brought to the economy and the equivalent of money now. Because I ain't even going to lie to you. I feel like that that much, because of what they brought in, I feel like that could be equivalent to $1.7 trillion. Well, they did. Uh, I don't. I don't. Not I don't think inflation. I think it was yes. more than that. Yeah, yeah they I mean, they literally built ninety percent of the country. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So I ain't get the worst thing to spend your money on is slaves. To me, I guess is what it sounds like. So brick went. With, I mean, I mean, if you were white and affluent in the eighteen hundred in the early. 1800s, late 1700s, it's probably the, in in the south, south of Maryland, it's probably the best thing you could have spent your money on. I mean, money-wise, if I want to think like, regardless, we might have to cut that out, but if I could think, if I thought like that, (laughs) oh, you're telling me I don't have to pay my workforce at all, and I keep all the money? Yeah, what's... That is a brilliant investment. Yeah, it's a literally like the military. It's a one-time fee. All right, we're gonna have to cut that part out too. Um, <laughs> watch Nick. Yeah, no, get a letter, uh, email tomorrow. Like, yeah, it's fired, nigga. They can't. I got contract. They're gonna pull up some paperwork on you. You're like, fuck your contract. Nah. So a yeah, brilliant investment. That's what that's the, what the South was built off of. You talking about? Uh, Labor force that you didn't have to pay. Mm-hmm. Labor a labor force a labor force where your labor force is literally born into your family. You know you 
not only do you you got their parents, you got the kids, you got the grandkids. You talking about you got generations of workforces off of just buying the thought that the, the fact that you can buy one person is it's still it's, it was literally like livestock. That's why farmers they buy a bunch of cow heifers, the female cows, and then they'll get one bull. And that bull will create generation after generation after generation. And if you get too many calves, they can sell them off. And then you could still then just have it keep on producing. Mm-hmm. They really yes. thought we was it. They really did us like animals, bro. That's kind of sick. Two, what was it, two thirds of, we were two thirds of a human. Later, later. Three, three Not fifths. Three, three fifths. Yeah, three fifths. But that didn't even come until later. They were trying yeah. to. They were at that point. They were trying to get rid of it all together, and that was the compromise. So like, all right, we won't make we won't consider you niggas people, but we'll consider you three fifths of a person. That's so crazy. Yeah. So going back to Lit's uh, comment, you said that's the worst thing to spend your money on. Well, Leno got me thinking. If I'm on the other side, maybe. I mean, I mean. <laughs> Hey, man, let, let me stop. Now, now, yeah, now, because now we're sitting here laughing about is slaves actually really a good investment? Like, I don't think that's the road that we want to be going yeah. down right now, fellas. Yeah, this, that's home. not, yeah, we, that, we don't support that anywhere in the world. Hell no, I don't want no slaves. Free, free Britney Griner. No, none of that. We've, we literally, like, it's still going on in the world today. So mm-hmm. the sex trafficking on that, that's terrible, bro. That's a whole nother part of this episode. But so worst thing to spend the money on, I I agree, you know, like other people's education. And then what else would be I mean, I mean, I was just gonna say like drugs, prostitutes and not even prostitutes more so than just OnlyFans and then a lot of ah. OnlyFans. That's the worst thing to spend your money on. I yeah, think that I think oh, I think OnlyFans is a horrible, horrible, horrible waste of money. I feel like you only say that because you don't have one and you're not making money from it. Hey, can we put this? Can we upload this? To no, making money? No, I mean making money is one thing. Spending money? I, I'm not saying you're not smart to make money off of anybody willing to give you your you know OnlyFans money. But I'm talking about you yourself spending money on an OnlyFans, but nine times out of ten, you know three websites you can go to to get whatever it is you're looking at on OnlyFans already for the free? For free ninety nine? Yeah, it's a horrible waste of money. But you gotta never heard of these websites. All right, but you have to think about it. And I only say this because never heard of these websites god is watching you tell that lie (laughs) so the job that i do currently um we've had some incidents where somebody creates one and say a female creates one and just so happened her boss has to find finds it falls upon it he's paying for it and all this other stuff so i feel like that is the big thing because yeah you can get on those websites that you talk about but you don't see the person that you're working next to because you'd be sitting there typing like, doo, 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 doo. oh, what's up? How you doing? Because you know in your head, you're like, bam, I just seen that. And that's how people are thinking. 
Hey, for some people, it's Hit that do to do to do again. Hit that mind in your business. You know, OnlyFans with the do do Yeah, think about it. You. That's how, that's how you sound when you on OnlyFans. Twiddling his thumbs. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, there's always that incident where somebody's going to be like, man, I wish I could see her. And they can just pay for now it. Now you hey, can. Why can't, why can't it be him? him? Hmm? I to say, you got to be equal opportunity now. They, they say they want to see him, too. Don't tell yourself, up. short. Man. Equal opportunity. Shut the hell up. Equal opportunity. I don't I say me. pay for no dudes. I mean, probably, but very slim. <laughs> yep. I ain't gonna say. I don't that. think. No I don't think women, women aren't as sick in their head as dudes when it comes to stuff like that. Bro, women are extremely horny. They just don't show. It's just like how you ever heard, pardon my French, but cats don't fuck in the streets. You ever heard of a you ever heard of a woman that that like feet? You ever heard of a woman that like a man feet? You ever heard of a man yeah. taking pictures of his feet and post them on the internet? For that second women, part, for, no. For okay. A woman's enjoyment? No, you haven't. I know you haven't, cause I mean you you in it. And I know you haven't heard no shit. Like we gonna that. start. That's what we gonna start. We gonna start an OnlyFans for Leno the Wave guy's feet. Mm. Bring me some. Additional all bread proceeds, off of it. All proceeds are gonna go towards the the uh us. Shoot, that's where the proceeds go to. Tough acting. Uh, how, how you how you think you all just gonna pimp my feet out like that and y'all gonna get a cut of the bread? What y'all think this? You think I'm you think I'm a sucker or something? What you think? No, I think there's some like toes out there that want them toes, bro. First of all, if a woman ever suck my toes, it'll be the last thing she ever do. You're not sucking my, you're not sucking no feet. You, you, you can suck some, but it ain't no feet. I can promise you that. <laughs> you wouldn't let a girl suck your feet. No. All right. What but if we didn't think about Beyonce or Halle Berry? You wouldn't let her suck your. I feet. don't care who it is. You're not sucking my my toes. It don't make no difference who it is. You got them black toes? You got black toenails? I used to. That joint that joint fell off not too long. Well, it's been a little while now, but that joint finally popped on off. And I was able to, you know, say grow a healthy toe back. But that's beside the point. You get to grow a healthy toe. toe. It's the whole toe that's dead. Yeah, the whole the whole joint had to go. I couldn't eat. I was walking around with that joint. I don't know how long oh. I was walking around with that black toe. So they finally <laughs> decided it had had enough and just fell on off. Speaking of your black toes, hey, oh, man, that's a perfect segue, bro, because I was doing some reading. I want to make sure I talk to people about some of the uh, public health crisis that are going on, like monkeypox. Nah. And so, your feet. So my black, nah, so my black. Monkeypox. Yeah, nah, fuck that. My my black toes did not incur thoughts of monkeypox. I just want to put that out there right now. My feet ain't that bad. Don't try to play my feet. Got orangutans in the boots. Stop it. <laughs> oh lord hey so i could do it so the thing is like i i'm chock full of information but i definitely want to make sure that i match it at a level where y'all can really like get what i'm saying and it won't bore you right so i've tried please to tell me something about it please i've tried to think of this dialogue if it's me and leno in the room and he was asking me about monkey pox what would i tell him so 
what I'm going to let you do is just ask me about monkeypox, and I'm going to just pretty much go off. Now, I'm not going off a script. I'm going off a research that I've collected from a couple of different very reputable organizations, but they do not sponsor us, so I will not plug them. But the data is valid right now. So, okay. you walk into my office. You ain't got it, but you like, hey, you know, chop it up with me. All right, so monkeypox, right? It's related to every other pox that I've ever been familiar with that was getting regular vaccines for the 90s, you know, millennial children, like smallpox and chickenpox and all other kind of pox, right? It's in relation to those type of pox, disease, virus, whatever, right? Yeah. It is actually right, so, pox viridae. Is, so it's yeah. all a group. Chicken pox. Yeah. You're exactly right. Small pox. Monkey pox. They all come from it. Now, yeah. one of the, the connotations that's affecting it, it, it ain't come from monkeys. So primates and humans are hosts, but they're not the actual reservoir. They think that the reservoir is from rodents. So it's what's called a zoonotic um type of virus basically is transmitted through different organisms so like swine flu was zoonotic uh covid was zoonotic technically i thought it came from tamarins in china um now there have been outbreaks of monkeypox it actually was in sub-saharan africa in central africa where it was originally occurring and there was two different basically there was two different groups two different types of the monkeypox but up until about may in our developed nation, at least in the United States, we didn't have like no outbreak of monkeypox. There was an isolated one in '03 that I saw, and it came from prairie dogs. But I ain't even seen a prairie dog, so I'm pretty sure I was good at that point. But so, uh, so then I feel like monkeypox. I feel like monkeypox is just is what everybody said wanted COVID to be, where you was like dirty if you got monkeypox, or dirty if you got COVID. I guess you could say. And I, I agree with you with that, but what I want to make sure that I say is to anybody that has gotten either COVID or monkeypox, there's treatment that is offered. You know, I hope that you do go get seen and treated. You know, utilize your healthcare system. I mean, if you're paying for insurance, you might as well use it. If you don't have insurance, you can still receive treatment in facilities. But if you're exactly right because it's actually been frustrating me. I've been seeing it work. Like, there are way more people jumping at trying to get, which I'm going to get into in a second, trying to get vaccinated for monkeypox. Then they work for COVID because with monkeypox, you can see, to quote one of the you know most famous actors of all time, Redman, that shit on your lip got some shit on his lip. <laughs> so the visuals is what do it in, right? So you came into my office, you asked me, you know, monkeypox, is it what you thought it was? I told him they are who we thought they were. What's your next question, sir? Um... So how do I catch monkeypox? Exactly. And when I was putting this together, I was trying to think of how my dog, Leno the Wave Guy, would ask me. I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> so basically, uh, initially there were cases that were identified in a group that we call MSM. And it stands for men who have sex with men. If that's your sexual preference, that is what it is. But we always recommend that people use protection. And it's because of close contact with infected skin lesions. So basically, if there are areas that are open where blood can make its way out. So like open sores, lesions anywhere, you come into contact with that. That's definitely a way to get it. Um, 
also you can get indirect. This is what I found crazy. You can get indirect contact with infectious fluids on linens. No sharing towels, none of that crazy stuff that people like to do. You got to be careful with bed sheets. Everything needs to be washed because those those spores, I'm sorry, those particles of the virus can actually survive on those type of inanimate objects. And another one they call it is resuspension of dry materials. So if somebody did sleep on your sheets and had monkeypox, and say you just like, I'm going to wash it later, and you forget, and two weeks later you shake it out, you can aerosolize the virus and then get infected that way. So you got to wash your sheets. Another part, which this definitely scared me a little bit, is large droplets within a six-foot radius and being exposed for three or more hours. So when it comes to the large droplets, that basically, the size of y'all won't matter. It's on the order of microns anyway. But it's light enough to float for a limited amount of time, and then it will settle. So perfect place to be in a six-foot radius of somebody for more than three hours is an airplane. Or so, so 100%, this is the STD that they tried to make COVID way back in 2020 when COVID dropped. I mean, I can't put my medical opinion on that, but I'll let you make your own <laughs> conclusions. <laughs> I can't, no, I can't I'm just saying, it was that. like, it was like, if you caught COVID, it was like you caught an STD. Meanwhile, here is the real STDs right around here, monkeypox, where you have to be active or in physical contact with somebody who's got it and has open source. You just got to be around a, a dirty MF who is inconsiderate because it's not like you don't know you have those open sores on your body like it is yeah. i don't like it's not like a tree that come out of nowhere when you driving or something like that like you know you've got these open lesions oozing some type of fluid on your body you just like nah i'm a rub i'm gonna rub myself up against somebody else or i'm gonna have somebody yeah. in the bed with me or something like that. that's just that's just dirty you know what i'm saying that's just inconsiderate on your part I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm definitely not saying you're wrong. Um, but yeah, no, so that's the transmission, so you got to be careful with all that, right? And then that comes down to hand hygiene, because it's so easy to forget how quickly you touch your face from the last dap that you gave. So I switch to pound it all the time, and, you know, I'm constantly keeping my hands clean. Look, I just touched my face right there. That's crazy. Um, it's similar to smallpox, but it's a lot less lethal, okay? And something else I want you to know that the incubation incubation period is five to 13 days. So what that means is that that flight you took two weeks ago could be why you started to get the bumps on your face now. Or whoever you was kissing a couple weeks ago is why you got stuff on your face now. So those who like to frequent what we call the booty clubs in our culture, just be careful catching some twerk. Because you might, you know, catch some pox, too. Some pork and some pox. Some chicken pox, I guess you would call it. Yeah, chicken hands and pox. Um, the symptoms, those are going to be fever, chills, myalgias, your typical stuff that you get. And then, of course, that rash that everybody's been seeing on the Internet. But something that's promising about it, no deaths secondary to monkeypox have been recorded in the U.S. to date since this outbreak that occurred in May. Now, you compare that to COVID, that is drastically different. The first three months of COVID, there were thousands of deaths. Y'all can, people so, can say what they want about it. I take it personal because I treated 
plenty of people that had COVID, and I lost plenty of patients that had COVID. But with monkeypox, no one has died yet. Who are you going to say, dog? So what do I care about monkeypox at this point if it hasn't killed anybody? No disrespect. But why do I... What do you care about it? Is it even an outbreak? Is it it even an outbreak if it hasn't killed anybody? I mean, is it nasty? Yeah. Um, But... It hasn't any it hadn't even caught a body. Like I don't even I don't even respect monkeypox anymore. <laughs> he said it ain't catch a body. Well you better respect mm-hmm. it because those lesions hurt like crazy. That's I'm sure they, 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 I'm sure they do, pain. but uh, you know, back in the day they told you wash your face and wash your tail and that's it sounds like a wonderful defense for the, for this year's uh outbreak if you want to even call it that. <laughs> All right, so my takeaway is that you ain't scared no more. I mean, I wasn't—I really wasn't scared from the beginning because, like I said, monkeypox and anything in that pox family is really something that I, you know, call it what you want to. You're the doctor, whatever. But it's something that me, myself, a person of color, has not ever really been concerned about. I always thought pox in general, chicken pox, small pox, stuff like that, is small not something— yeah, but that's always yeah. I, no, I no, know small pox is different. <laughs> yeah, nah, but I just I've always thought that those types of diseases, those type of viruses, were not something that people of color would have to worry about. You know, not to be stereotypical or anything like that, but when you think about things that plague our community, I think high blood pressure. I think you know, car, you know cardiovascular issues. I don't think about stuff like okay. small Say that word again, dog. And the measles. I don't know about the cardiovascular yeah. system. Yeah, that's a 3.5 word for you right there, cardiovascular. I don't worry. We, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm worried about in our community. I'm not worried about smallpox and measles and chickenpox and stuff like that. I think that's a different community. That, you know, and shout out to that community if they want to take a listen to our podcast every now and then. But this is, you know, that's for them over there. And you know what I mean? And then that's not really something that we had to worry about. So when I think about monkeypox, I'm really not, I'm not, I wasn't worried about it at first. And I'm definitely not worried about it now. Keep Bro, yourself clean. You All Keep right. yourself clean. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it ain't caught a body yet. What else, what else you got to worry about? I have a question about this. So, yeah. I know with a lot of the pox viruses, um, they have that trace with you for life. Mm -hmm. So, like, I mean, being a military man, I've gotten uh, a lot of shots. Every vaccine. Every vaccine. My man is vaccinated to motor oil. And then as I was doing other things, they had to do a lot of titers saying, hey, you still have this in your system. Hey, you still have this in your system. Um, so is monkeypox going to be one of those that, yeah, you can, it's going to be gone away, but is it going to be like a herpes simplex virus where it's going to be like one of those, it's never going to leave your system forever and it could regenerate, or is it going to be one of those where once it's run through, it's run through? So... I mean, previously there was a mantra within medicine where we thought, you know, that any virus, once you get it, you can't get rid of it because what they do is they integrate into your DNA to literally get into your cell line. Um, There is a similarity there with pox, with the pox virus, 
Um, we don't have lengthy enough data to say that, but based on the way that all pox viruses do work, like chicken pox or also known as varicella zoster virus, does remain dormant and then re-erupts as shingles. Now, the thing about that, though, is your immune system. Immunosuppression, which let me take a moment to definitely make sure I make that known. Anybody that is immunosuppressed, which immunosuppression includes chronic steroid therapy, okay, or long-term uncontrolled diabetes as well. People don't even know that. You have a risk of reactivation of any virus that you've ever had. So monkeypox could run rampant. And the people that have actually had the most significant issues with monkeypox are the immunosuppressed. Individuals that are taken biologics for things like rheumatoid arthritis or sarcoidosis or what have you. Then, of course, you have the HIV community, which if they're undetectable, I know if they're you know undetectable, then they can't transmit. But there's still levels of immunosuppression that occur within that community. So to answer your question, Brick, the virus, if you get it, it will stay dormant with you. But as long as you have a strong enough immune system, then it won't re-erupt. So are you saying that since... 2019 our world has been trying to get rid of immunosuppressed individuals because of covid now monkeypox and everything else that's gone on in the world is that what you're basically saying like uh, only the strongest survive we're going to a darwinism type life i don't know get sick you every day dude. I'm about to say, you ain't about to politic me. I'm all I'm saying <laughs> is I'm it, just saying because literally, that's no. all they've been saying. Oh, immunosuppressed personnel with COVID. Oh, put the mask. Boom, and now monkeypox. Literally, so well, I mean, monkeypox be... hasn't even killed the immunosuppressed. So that's the the other thing. I mean, like some of the stuff I said. Most you know, most patients, like I said, thus far have mild disease. They recover without any medical intervention. So the, the patients that we do treat is supportive therapy, which is, you know, you cover. Remember the symptoms I was talking about, the fevers, the, the myalgias, which stand for muscle pain. I'm giving you Tylenol. I'm giving you IV fluids. You know, I might even mess around and give you a little bit of Motrin. But that's what it comes down to is that your body has to fight it off. Now, there are vaccines for it. There are a couple of vaccines. Um, but usually they're what we call post-exposure prophylaxis. Like there's one called the modified vaccina. Let me make sure I get this right, y'all. Modified vaccina and CARA vaccine, the MVA. I was looking up like its mechanism of action. Basically, it's going to block viral replication. So there is a treatment out there for those that may have already been affected by monkeypox to make it aware to them. But for the immunosuppressed individuals, they are, believe me, they're already aware of this, but you got to be careful got to be careful what you're around what you're exposed to if you've got to wear a mask like you know my wife and i we plan on masking up heavily anytime we on the plane so that would be my medical are y'all gonna wear are y'all are you gonna do the mask thing from now on like i can't imagine you gonna go to holiday season or go flu season without a mask ever again I mean, it's tough. The thing is, like, you look at a lot of the data of other things that we had always been affected by, like in the pediatric population, for y'all to have kids out there. So when COVID first hit and they were, you know, making every child mask up as well, which a lot of people took offense to for some reason, the rates of, like, RSV, respiratory syncytial virus, and, you know, rotavirus and other viruses that were typically came around the winter, came around from, you know, daycares are filthy. At the end of the day, right. but this transmission via children was just almost, you know, almost eradicated in a sense. 
So that goes to show that, you know, if you take care of yourself the right way. Now, I want to get back to normalcy, dog. I promise you. Like, I love not wearing my mask, but I just don't like breathing other people's air. Like, let me go off real quick. I might feel a little seasick today. I was at Publix, right? Mm-hmm. And I was getting a sub, and this dude was talking to me. And y'all know that I am somewhat vertically challenged, right? Height ain't no problem with this gentleman. And he said, all right, what can I get for you? I said, you know, I'm give me a salad. He said, all right, this salad look good, boy. What you want on You want some peppers? You want some, what else you want on this? You want some cheese? I'm like, man, he is talking into my food. And I could see, I could see what was coming out of his mouth onto my food. Now, my salad was delicious. Not the point. I gave in and ate. <laughs> but I felt disrespected because he didn't make my food with a mask. So I literally got seasick. First of all, that sounds like a personal problem to me because you should have said something about buddy talking all that nigga food like that first and foremost. Um, right. Second of all, I should have sparked him right there. Yeah, right. You should have threw the salad back at him like this is unacceptable. Don't give me, don't don't serve me the salad. You done talked all that to you that beatbox on my salad. Hold on. <laughs> um, Leno, you were literally talking about how. You can't send food back. Yeah, I guess you're right. You're right. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, you're a thousand percent right. I probably wouldn't have ate it, but I wouldn't. Uh, I would you probably wouldn't have bought it, it either. There would have been yeah. a salad in the freezer aisle. <laughs> <laughs> Better put the tag on that joint and everything. Say, go ahead, take it to the register. I'm gonna put it back in the back with the milk and the eggs. <laughs> Bro, that'd be cracking me. I feel like it's a game to find some of the most obscure things. Y'all ever see that one post where they put the carpet with the frozen turkey? <laughs> they put one of them rugs with it. Oh Lord. I me personally though, I can't do that. I put the stuff back. Like I don't I I haven't worked in a grocery store. I know plenty of people that have. I know they gotta clean that up. I guess Walmart's a different planet, but every other grocery store. Have either one of y'all have either one of y'all caught COVID? I I'm obviously I don't think either one of y'all have caught monkeypox and I hope you know, neither one of y'all have to go through the perils of catching that. But neither one of y'all caught COVID, right? I haven't. I do not know. I don't think I have. Uh so I deployed in February of twenty twenty and I didn't come back until December. So like COVID hit the wave and everything was all crushed and I was deployed. I was in Iraq, so I had no idea. Like I mean I was Hold on, bro. My camera been off for fifty three minutes and y'all ain't tell me. It's the same way you trying to tell me I wasn't in the middle of my screen. Like I could see my little window. I'd have to be all in the camera to see my little window that I'm off center or whatever you told me I was. Brick, that's on you. You supposed to get us together. This is why we put you on this. You're supposed to tell Leno that he is split screen, and me, and I'm just not there. Okay, so Leno was fine for me. You were off, and I figured we were going on the same thing that we went yesterday when you had your rose gold beats on. It's an audio podcast. I still like to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, the only thing that we use the video for right now, currently, is to like upload 
to Instagram, which hasn't been done yet either. So hopefully, That's true. Our our uh, our videographer connoisseur is is knocked out sleep right now. Yeah, but, but that clip that you just posted, like that's gonna be a good one. That's gonna make the Instagram page when we get it running. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I didn't mean, cut you off. When I hit the button, because I was going to actually pop, to take myself off camera, and I clicked it, and I saw myself. And I was like, "Who is that?" <laughs> oh snap! Shock is here. Wait, that's me. <laughs> Guess I can't differentiate because of the balding, Leno. I told you I had something for you, nigga. If you want, if you just want some help, I, all I want to do is help you. I don't want to go ahead and down, fucking brother. do rag. It's supposed to be uplifting, you know what I'm saying? This is not supposed to be tearing down, but shout out to uh, shout out to the Wave God. Apparel and accessories coming very, very soon. We're going we gonna to have a nice little fall lineup for you guys. I don't want to give too much away, but we're definitely going to have something nice. Like I'll send y'all, I'll send both of y'all a little sneak peek of it. Uh, you'll get a nice little little box, a little setup of what we're going to do for the fall this year. So stay tuned for that. Hey, I'm with it. I'm with it. But I didn't mean to cut you off, Brick. When I saw myself, I realized I hadn't been seeing myself. So, please, you continue on your point. I'm so pissed off right now. All right. So, like, I don't know if I had COVID. I don't think I had COVID because, I mean, my cardiovascular levels are still the same. But, like I said, I was 7,000 miles away from the United States, and I'm avoiding getting shot and getting blown up. Oh, what, they didn't have COVID in Iraq? Oh, no, people people died from it, but they were usually coming from America. Apparently in Afghanistan, everybody got caught at least once or twice, so I don't know. I got sick. I mean, if you get get sick at all, if you've gotten sick at all over the past two two years, years, I I would assume that you have had COVID. I've never... What is it? Passed or failed? I've ever failed a COVID, passed a COVID test, I guess. I've you never had a positive? positive? Never tested positive. Yeah. yeah, I've never had a positive test, but I've been, I got sick over the course of the last two years. So, I mean, there's that. Mm-hmm. I will say this, though. I have lo- I have noticed for sure that a lot of niggas that have gotten the COVID vaccination or have been getting COVID shots have gotten COVID have tested positive for COVID at least one other time since they've gotten a vaccination, which I thought was weird. You want me to break that down for you? Please, because that was that's my whole... If I get a vaccine in something, if I want a vaccine in something, I'm expecting not to ever catch it again. That's why I don't get flu shots. No, that's not the point. And this is what I tell patients all the time. I am so glad you bring that up. So I don't ever get flu shots. I don't want it. I don't want it. Hey, I mean, that's... You're right. That's your choice. That's your decision. All I can do, which I tell my patients, is provide the options, right? So you don't wear a seatbelt because you're never going to get into a car accident, right? You wear a seatbelt because, God forbid, you do get into a car accident. You don't want to get ejected through the windshield. Right. I don't right? think Leno wears a seatbelt. <laughs> I, I am not. I'm not too cool for the safe belt. I'm for sure. I, I do wear yes, my seatbelt. We are I in seatbelt I'm not too cool for the safe belt. A seatbelt podcast for real, but so that's the thing is that COVID, the vaccine was never meant to prevent you from getting COVID. It's to prevent you from getting hospitalized for the symptoms. I yeah. have patients that come to me ranting, "Doc, you told me get this vaccine, and I went and caught it. I just hadn't." And you know what I always say to them? Well, how'd you do? 
I'm good now, but I, you know, when I got it, I had to stay at home. Did you have to go to the hospital? No. Did you have to get admitted? No. Do you use oxygen? No. I'm just saying, because believe me, there are people that do have that. There are people that are have that have long COVID. There are people that are now on supplemental oxygen for probably lifelong. The thing that scared me the most is that we didn't know about the long-term effects, right? Like, you ever heard of something called uh, myocarditis, viral myocarditis? It actually sounds familiar, but what is it? Viral myocarditis is when you have either an active, acute, or a latent or dormant infection in the muscle of your heart. And it can wake up whenever it wants to, and it can cause cardiac defects. It can cause arrhythmias. It can cause pericarditis, a lot of inflammation. You don't want that, is all I'm saying. Those are the type of things where if you got myocarditis, you you in the, you in the shit. I mean, there's an issue. So COVID, and then also the way that, which I ain't going to rent too much on the science with y'all, because I know that Leno, he probably going to cheat off of me on my science test if I keep going off. But in regards to COVID, <laughs> He's still talking about his science test. <laughs> I know, right? Earth science. <laughs> nah, anyway, in regards to COVID, um, <laughs> it's, um, see, I lost my train of thought. That's how you know I was just running my mouth. Oh, yeah, you just oh. worried about them science tests. That's it. <laughs> No, I remember what I was going to say. So the, the, uh, <laughs> that's what the niggas that would cheat off of me and still somehow fail the test would say. They would be pissed at me like, you nerd, you didn't even get it right. Yes, nigga. So, nah, so the, um, like the rapid test, they actually test for the RNA. So they test the particles of the virus, not the full DNA that's put together. So the thing is, you could be asymptomatic and not truly have it, but still be testing positive. But the question is, is that a risk you want to take? Because, like, are you around loved ones? Are you around, you know, elderly? Are you around a newborn child? Who are you around? So that's the stuff that matters. So you got you to gotta be aware of all of that. And I know, like I said, y'all are family men. You want to protect our families at all costs. You don't want to get them sick. So that's why we recommend you vaccinate yourselves. Now, if you choose not to vaccinate, which I have plenty of patients to do, I say please wear a mask. Some choose to, some choose not to. And then that's when I end up seeing them from my clinic to now in the hospital. But I recommend it. You know, I'm all for it. There are some vaccines. I, you know, I didn't even get the COVID vaccine immediately. I didn't. Okay. Yeah. But I, I waited got for the like anthrax shot when I came team. back. I got the anthrax shot when I came back from Iraq. So I didn't want to kind of mix the two. Because I don't think anybody's been tested for that. And I didn't want to be the first test dummy. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, your immune system rocks solid, boy. They can shoot COVID at you. He's so. All right. So, um, from a athletic perspective, so in the army we have to run two mile test. In the Marines, they got to run a three mile test. Air Force and Navy, they run a mile and a half. So I have seen guys who did not get the COVID vaccine. And they went from running like five to six minute miles to running eight to nine minute miles. People who got the vaccine and then caught COVID took like a two week break and then they were back to their five or six minute miles. It was pretty interesting from like a lung 
perspective because like these guys are dying i'm seeing guys running 10 minute two miles and then they get catch covid and not vaccinated now i'm beating them I'm like come on bro <laughs> yeah come on cheer up <laughs> tell them to nut up that's basically saying that leno ain't gonna be running full court ever again <laughs> he ain't never gonna give up on the game yeah but he gonna he gonna be like that 300 pound dude that only got a jumper he, uh, cherry picking. <sighs> <laughs> hey, those be the ones. The big man that can shoot, those be the funniest ones. Because they will stay at that perimeter, won't they? Facts. There's nothing more aggravating than a big man in pickup that stays at the three-point line. That can shoot. Yeah, the one that can't like, shoot is fine. No, even if he can't no. shoot. Like, if you don't get on the block... <laughs> So the rest of us little people can work on the outside. You won't bring your big ass out to the three-point line and take up all the space. Then when he missed, wonder he's like, y'all ain't going to rebound? Not for you. No. <laughs> <laughs> you, are, you are the rebounder. What do you mean? <laughs> it is in your job description. There's unwritten rules on the basketball court, bro. We all know it. All right. Everybody got to name one unwritten rule on the basketball court. Especially if you're in the hood. What is it? Let's see. Let's see. If I were to go first, unwritten rule, call your own foul. Ain't nobody ever going to call a foul for you. And then I hate it when dudes, when the game get close, they try to call the foul for you, and you just play through the contact. Don't let you hit the bucket. What they say? Bro, I called it. I'm trying to give it to you. All right. I'm going to go with probably the unwritten rule that everybody knows about. Um, don't dunk unless you're prepared for the consequences because you might dunk on the wrong person. This dates back all the way to <laughs> in uh, what well, white man can't jump. That sounds, that <laughs> sounds like something coming from somebody that can't dunk. I don't want to hear none of that shit. No, but <laughs> I'm just saying I've seen it. I, I have too, and don't worry, I'm only saying this with my chest right now, because Shock got on here, but he know, and next time you see him, he know, you can ask him about it. It's just what it is, though. You play long enough, you're going to catch a body, and if you play even longer, you might end up being a body. <laughs> for all our listeners, and I will do this in the most polite way I can for my close friend, Shock. <laughs> I witnessed his death and resurrection on a basketball court. He, it was it that his Wikipedia put his his date of death on that day when he proceeded to receive what would we call it? Nuts from above. Let's just call it that and leave it. It was a it was a it was a baptism. I think that was my first baptism. I think that was my first real. I used to you talk about just lay hands on a brother and play and pray for him after. I think that was my first one. I, I, you always remember your first time. I'm 99% sure that that was my first one. You didn't get one in high school? Man, no. Nah, I couldn't get it. I couldn't absorb no contact like that. Not on the basketball court. I've always been weird like that in basketball, man. Like going up in football, on the football field, I know where I'm at. 
on a basketball court, I feel like that's just blown out ACL waiting to happen. I feel like you, but you have a rim it. to grab onto though. In football, you don't. You just land it on the ground. I get it though. It's, but you're fearless. The, on the, the field. On, on the football, the grass. I don't know if it's the grass or if I just got pads on. But I, I don't. I'm not worried about oh, hitting the ground. That is the pads, ain't it? I'm not. I'm it's not a placebo effect. It. I'm not worried about hitting the ground. I'm not worried about making contact with the ground. I'm not scared that if I go up for a jump ball in football, that I'm gonna come down and hit the ground and I'm gonna be hurt. I'm I don't, I don't I'm not worried about that. I'm I am worried that if I go up for a live on a basketball court, I'm gonna come down and I'm and everything's gonna go black. I don't know in defense, why I can't. I gotta say, in defensive shock. So yes, there was an incident where there was an attempt on his life on a basketball court. But mm-hmm. you want to talk about coming back stronger than ever? I think that the team ended up their team ended up winning the game because of his commitment to defense. He was very committed to defense on that play too. A little bit overcommitted, if you ask me. That was. But you want to know? He played. That was for game. That's that's why it was so bad. That was for a game. That was point mm-hmm. game. That he got baptized on like that. Yeah, actually. And yeah. you gotta go, game, you gotta go sit played, down after that. The next the, it, the next game, he played with the heart of a champion. <laughs> the uh, fact that he said somebody, you gotta go sit down after that. Yeah, it's, like that's no, that's it's that's like think happened. about what just happened. Yeah, like you gotta go sit down and think about what you I just mean, did, like what just happened. Nigga just put game on your head like that, put you on the poster like that for game. Put you in the rim for a game, and now you got to go. Yeah, I wouldn't even want to play no more. After for, you got to wait for, for the, the next game. I don't want to wait. For all the listeners, I just have to, for the visuals, I have to say that I was I was trailing behind that entire play, so I saw the entire thing. I mean, I saw Leno uh, cut to the basket. I saw shot coming from that weak side to play help defense. Like, anybody play help defense in basketball ever ends up getting congratulated for that. Exactly what was going to happen. I saw the whole thing build up. And mm-hmm. I just, in my deepest of hearts, I just felt, <laughs> I saw it happening. And it was, oh, well. I, I can't, I, I can't admit, like truthfully. <laughs> <laughs> I can't admit, I can't admit truthfully that he might have just, we might have both surprised each other a little bit. Cause all I did was go up and kind of, and instead of going for the lay, I just turned over a layup. But it, I, I caught a flush. Like it, it, it won't know, it's no mistaken. I caught a flush. Like he got put on a poster. It was bad. It was bad. I remember he God wasn't, bless him. I remember when it first happened, he wasn't even talking to me. I was like, I had nothing to do with that. I'm on your team. I didn't even throw the lob. <laughs> what was you call it out? When you, by the time you turned, it was just kneecapped at eye level, so you knew what was up. But, like I said, he played hard defense. Leno has never attempted to dunk on him again, as Shock mm-hmm. will tell you, which I'm sure he will when he get back on here. He will. He made a threat on my life, and now I got yeah. way too much respect for the African prince to dis- to try to disrespect that man like that again. Yeah, I'm about to that say, leads man, to that. another unwritten rule because you just said kneecaps at his face don't undercut. Oh yeah, yes. we'll fight. 
choker necklace, longer hair, doesn't matter his race, ethnicity, doesn't matter. He has a choker necklace, long hair, and talks like he's from Southern California, like, bro, bro, bro. But he literally grew up in, like, Boston, Massachusetts, so shut up, my guy. Thinks he is the best thing since sliced bread and literally talks about how fast he is running the baseline. So yeah. that's baseline. Funny. No, no, no. It's oh, the, what do the, they call it? Thirty bases. Sorry, sixty yards or whatever from first to home. Foot. It's like who cares? It's 90, ninety feet. Ninety feet to first. It's ninety feet. To, yeah, thirty whatever yards. They jump. run. It doesn't yeah. matter because literally, this is one of those sports where you're running. Doesn't matter except for three people, maybe three. That's not true. You got pinch runners. You got you. You got to be moving when you're outfielder, obviously. So I know that's who you're. Okay, so that's one. You got pinch runners. We have your pinch runners. Also, short you stop have your and second base. Gotta I, I was gonna say shortstop, not really second base. Second base, second base gotta move. What are you this talking about? Gotta, what? what? Mm, what? Mm, I apologize, to everybody sh- listening that plays baseball for what okay, you okay, just said. Okay, okay, but first base doesn't move. Who gets first more action? Stretches. I mean, who gets more action? If you're playing second, you can jog because the like, how many left-hand hitters are there? Shortstop's going to get all the action. He's going to be sprinting back and forth. Center field's going to be running back and forth. That, this is, that's not necessarily true. If you're going to be running. It's just the fact that you said that second basemen don't be moving. That's the point that I'm making. That's not true. You, you could have said first base. You could have said catcher who literally doesn't run. He stands in the box. But you gonna pick the second base? You could have said the pitcher. Why you pick the second baseman? No, because you guys said the second base. But if we're comparing, I don't think this second baseman. You said second base. This is all being recorded, so we can run it back. You brought up second base first and said they don't move. I said that the outfielders move, and then I was talking about pinch runners move, and then you said, "But okay, shortstop no. does." Leno said shortstop and second base, and I said, "No, nah, not second base." I'll just leave it to Leno. Leno, who brought up second base first? I thought I brought up second base first, and I, that's when I looked at him like he was crazy. Like, yeah, the second base is just the opposite of the shortstop. 
It's the difference between strong side and weak side. They both got to move. They got to move. But That's one move. How about I'm not, we, we not disagreeing. We're not saying that one moves more than the, doesn't move more than the other, but we talk about move at all. It's four other uh, positions in the infield that don't move at all compared to the second yeah. baseman. You literally could have picked the catcher. I said about the second three. baseman. <laughs> and that's okay. just in field, and everybody's got to run somewhere if you talk about running yeah. the base path. Mm. Yeah. I apologize for – I don't apologize for the description of college baseball players because that is very fitting. I apologize for how he said that some of them don't run. They all had to run. I remember – speaking of running, I'm sorry. I got to segue into this. You know who didn't do a good job of running? Al Zawahari. Y'all heard about this gentleman that got chopped up by the, by the, by the machetes, by the machete bomb? I thought it was a big deal that he got that he got uh that he that he got killed that Biden killed him or sent the order. But how they out they said they started sending information about how he got killed and the missile that they used to kill him. That sounds like an awful way to. Quick and clean and awful Bruh. way to go. They hit him with the fruit ninja. <laughs> <laughs> they put that man through an apple slice and said, get the fuck out of here. Hey, Brick, I need to hear your take. Military man. Brick, what do you think about us hitting out? I don't want to disrespect his name, but obviously he's a bad person from what I've been told. What do you think about us hitting him with the, with the magic chop? What do you think? Please describe it, too. I mean, my biggest thing is it was an Afghanistan leader. And everybody knows what happened last year. Probably, like, almost, I think we left Afghanistan, like, almost a year to this date. And now we're finally doing something. Like, we're a little bit too late for this. But I understand why he did it. And, yes, that piece of equipment is amazing. The R9X missile is what they call it. It's a Hellfire missile for all the military people listening and mm-hmm. all like three of you guys. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a Hellfire missile that shoots the blades out and everything. Yes, that is cool. That is amazing. But at the same time, it's a little too little, too late. Good job. We took him out because I don't like terrorists. This is I don't support terrorism. Yeah, but I don't either. <laughs> but at the same time, I, mean, I agree like, with you. I'm just saying, like, so, so is just, the Ginsu missile your favorite military weapon? No, what's your favorite what military is? weapon? I gotta know. Um, the my favorite that I have seen, like in just per- in general. The, no, I don't care. So you heard about? You don't have to limit it to yeah. It could be a volcano gun. Tell me something. Um, I don't know. The Navy has the sound machine. I've seen that that sound yes. gun where they can like aim it. Yes, and it literally will blow out everybody's eardrums. And so my mixtape, but I don't be playing it everywhere. <laughs> but lit, you understand like you blow out eardrums, people lose balance, all this other stuff. So it's pretty crazy. I haven't seen that in person, but that's one of my favorite because you see something turn around like a boombox, and then now you can't hear. You don't know what's going on. Your sight's blurry. So. Think that's pretty cool because rockets yeah. yeah everybody does rock everybody makes rockets whatever so, but, <laughs> been there, done that. 
Hey, is the rail gun a real thing? Do they really got that? I've heard. You might obviously you might not know. It's just classified. Yes. That's my that's my unit. It's a rail it's, gun. It's well, like this shoots like lasers. Well, I don't know, like the one off a of Gundam Wing, where they had to bring it in on the truck. You remember when they charge it up and then? Yeah, it yes, those are yes, those are real. They well, they're more so like the old school ones they put on train tracks in um, World yeah. War Two. He talking about what's that gun? Um, what they call that motherfucking that cannon? They call the World that, Ender. You know? You're, t- I know the one you're talking about in World War Two because Hitler had that in Nazi Germany. They were calling it like a World Ender. But. All right, so those types, like, yeah, in the movies, they're slightly different, but in person, they're, I mean, they're still going to do, they're going to get the job done. But, yeah, it's not going to charge up and shoot, like, some special light or whatever. But, yeah, when when they start going, yeah, heads start ducking. <laughs> yeah, I'll get that. I mean... I can't imagine walking down the street. I told y'all how I felt like such a little bitch when my homeboy in middle school got punched in the face. If he get hit with a Hellfire R9X, I'm liable to cry. <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. You imagine you walking with... I, sorry, bring him with that. Was it do-do-do? How you do it? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, the thing is, the Hellfire, all of the Hellfire missiles... They move super fast. So there's no going to be... No, no shit. Be, no, but... It's, it's going to be to <laughs> the point My bad. Am I Captain Obvious here or what? I thought no. it was a slow one. No, but you're, it's, by the time it happens, you don't even know. Like, you're still going to be thinking, and then you're going to see your body over, and then you go lights out. It's that quick. You, know, you just describe how like bullets typically work, right? If you hit them in the right spot. Okay, but yeah, but imagine you just got sliced in seventeen pieces. That's different from one bullet. I would be seventeen pieces of a sexy ass steak. I tell you that much. <laughs> I got my OnlyFans. That's gonna be what my OnlyFans say underneath it, bro. Uh, uh, that's, what? <laughs> On that note, thank you guys for listening. One of you hope you enjoyed today's episode. Follow us oh, on Instagram Lord. at Dureg. Episodes for more content, bloopers, yes. facial expressions, yeah. and all other yeah. stupid things that we said. And everything in between. We appreciate all y'all for checking in with us. Everybody stay safe. Stay blessed. Make sure that if you have any questions, please do hit us up. We are open to chat with our chat feature. And we're available, man. We're going to keep talking to the people. We're going to catch y'all on the next episode. Y'all got anything else y'all want to say? Nope. All right. Yeah.